Hi, my name is Stephanie, and this is the Historia Podcast. Hey everyone, I hope you're all doing really well. So before I get started, I just wanted to say a quick thank you to everyone who has already followed us on Spotify. Like, you guys are honestly fucking rock stars, and I adore each and every one of you. So, there may be some who's going to ask, what's with the mask? Well, I thought I would start off your history lessons with a little bit of mystery. So, the man in the iron mask, he's not just a subject that you've seen in film and literature and, for some of you, in video games. So, in this podcast, I'm going to attempt to say some things in French, um, which I know that I am going to do a horrible job at, so I am sorry. Don't come from my fucking head. Um, but yeah, you would think that living in Canada, I would learn how to speak French because it is like the second language that you speak here in Canada, but you only learn it. I don't know if it's the case for everywhere in Canada, but I know we only learned French up until grade nine and then that was it. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. If somebody knows the Minister of Education... Maybe we should suggest that we can continue doing that till grade 12. I'm just putting that out there. Um, okay, so. Uh, le homme en masque de fer, or the man in the iron mask in English, who I will be referring to as the man for the rest of the episode because saying that is way too fucking long, um, is an unknown figure in history who was imprisoned during the reign of Louis the 14th. Nobody knows who his name is. Obviously, that's why he's unknown. Um, what is known is that he died on November 19th of 1703, and he may have been born in 1658. Um, there are some sources that state that he could have been born in 1640, but I'm going to get into why a lot more people say that he was born in 1658. Um, and we also don't know the exact reason as to why he got arrested. So, before we get into the things that we do know, I wanted to clear up one big misconception about the man. And that is his mask. It was not made of iron. It was actually velvet. So the first mention of an iron mask was in a poem by Alfred de Vigny, um, and it was entitled The Prison, And but it became much more popular thanks to uh, Alexander Dumas. I love saying his name, Dumas. Um, in his third volume of the Vicomte of Bragule, I can't, I can't say that for the life of me, um, which was entitled The Man in the Iron Mask, but there has been zero fucking evidence of it being made out of iron, so, you know, it is what it is. 
So here are the things that we do know. So records show that he has been held in numerous French uh, prisons, such as the Fortress of Pignerlo, which is located in, in, in Italy, and the ever so famous Bastille, which is really fucking cool. Um, so rumors began in the 1680s that Louis XIV had ordered that this unknown man be imprisoned and in a journal entry, or as most sources call it, a gazette, um, from about 1687 mentions that the unknown man was being transferred to the citadel of St. Marguerite, which is located just off of uh, Cannes, which is where they hold that wonderful festival with all the glitz and the glamour every year. So for 34 years, he was under the supervision of Beignet Duvoir de Saint-Mars. I don't know how to say that, guys. I'm sorry. Who, um, dude was a former fucking musketeer, man. That's fucking sick. I guess they're kind of like soldiers. They're soldiers. Or like they're fancy guardsmen or something. I don't know. But I'll, I don't know much about the musketeers. I just know that there's the three musketeers, which is, that's all I've got on them. I, I really don't know anything else. Maybe I'll do an episode on them eventually in the future. We'll see how that goes. Um, there are letters that have been found indicating that he was transferred to the Bastille on September 18th of 1698, where he would later die on November 19th, 1703. And he was buried um, at the parish cemetery of St. Paul, where his, uh, obviously his burial has been registered. And he was buried under the name Marcioli. And his, and his age was given at approximately 45, which is why, like I had said before, if some of you can't do quick math, why we had it's commonly accepted that he was born in 1658 um but yeah i mean it's that's really what we know and everything else that we have possibly heard about him is really a lot of conspiracy theories um so i'm not going to get into all of these conspiracy theories here on the podcast um, but I will be, I will leave a link for my blog in the description section so you can take a look at that and I go into whatever information I could find on these conspiracy theories. Um, but what I'm going to do is actually talk about three of the more popular theories and kind of explain why, um, not really why I chose them, but kind of what's going on behind it so the king's twin brother that that kind of became a more popular theory um so there is an essay that was released by a french novelist by the name of Marel pagnol pagnol um who suggested that the man was the king's twin brother and that he was actually born second and in order to avoid any sort of confusion, he was kind of like pushed away into a corner. And I guess that's why they made him wear the mask, apparently. 
And here's what's wrong with that. So yes, there had there is evidence of twins being born in Louis the Fourteenth's family history, but if he was a twin, it would have been reported. See, at the time, I mean, it's everybody knows that childbirth at that time was extremely difficult. You don't have an epidural, you don't have a clean hospital, um, you know, so it is pretty hard. And you're going through a whole lot of changes, your vagina's opening up like crazy, and you've got to push a creature out of it, and it's a lot of pain. But royal births had like a little extra, like, you know, spice on top of that. It was a fucking peep show. So, here's the case. If Anne of Austria, who is Louis XIV's mother, um, you know, just let's take a moment. Let's picture this here. She's in her laying in, her delivery date's getting close, she's chilling with her ladies and waiting. Someone makes a joke, here she over here she is over here, you know, she giggles, she laughs, haha. And then her fucking water breaks, right? The doctor's called, and all of these courtiers or courtiers or whatever the fuck you want to call them, who are in like high positions, are all now being pushed into this fucking room to just stare at this queen's vagina. To see what's going to come out of it. Literally, this is the worst fucking strip show you could ever see. So, yeah. It's fucking weird. But there's a reason they do this. See, when the queen is giving birth, this is someone that's possibly going to be the heir to the throne. And what they do is they have all of these people of high standing in there to make sure that, like, for example, if it's a stillborn baby, they're not swapping it for someone that's alive. And if it's a girl, you don't swap it for a boy because, I guess, penises rule the world for them. But I'll pretend that I'm not judging. So once they do that, the doctor announces if it's got a vagina or a dick. And, I mean, if that was the case... He would have said, oh, there's not one human in her vagina, there's two. So, there's that. Uh, There is a very popular- actually, I think this is probably the most popular theory, but that he was a valet. And so, in 1801, Pierre Rue Fazilac, um, he was a revolutionary legislator, And he put out the notion that maybe the legend of the man is a combination of two men, um, Ericole Antonio Mattoli, um, who, no matter how much I tried, I couldn't find any actual information on who the fuck this guy was. But there is a lot of information on Eustace Doge. And this is going to be really confusing, and you'll find out later. Um, So, it's believed that Eustace Doge was the valet for the Huguenot Rue de Marsili, who who, um, 
And so Eustace Doge was um, his valet until his, until de Marsili's execution in 1669. And then from what I understand from there, he was transferred to France. And according to John Nolan, who is a British author, if I'm not mistaken, um, he suggested that it was actually St. Mars who had ordered that uh, Doge wears the mask during the transportation and of course no reason was given as to why he was being held. So I personally think that Eustace Doge and Eustace Doge de Cavoye might have been the same person. Um, there are quite a few documentaries that I've seen that do consider them to be the same person, but these documentaries are quite old, um, and so I'm not sure how accepted that theory is, but like I said, it's just my personal opinion. Um, and I think that's one of the problems I ran into researching this, um, this subject because he is like the one of the latest informations I found was from like 2016 and everything else is like essentially older but um yeah okay so and now we're going to get into Eustace Doge de Cavoye literally okay can I just side note on this I spent like half an hour putting all of their names into Google Translate to try to figure out how to fucking say this properly, and I'm clearly not doing a fucking good job. But yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so just because it is, like I said, just because it's going to get confusing as fuck, I am going to refer to him as de Cavoye after this point. What we do know about de Cavoye is that he is the son of Francois Doger, who was a captain in Cardinal Richelieu's guard. Um, Cardinal Richelieu, um, I'm going to do a post about him sometime in the near future. So he was a member of Louis XIII's um, parliament, I guess we can call that. And, um, he was, he's also involved in another one of the conspiracy theories behind the man in the iron mask. So if you would like to read a little bit about him, you can check that out in the blog post below. Um, so when Francois and his two eldest sons were killed in battle, um, de Cavoye became the head of the family and inherited his father's title. Um, so one of the more scandalous things about him is that there are rumors of him participating in black masses, which is fucking cool. Um, and so, but his actual downfall came in 1665 when he and the Duc de Foix got into a fight and as a result, one of the a page boys, uh, one of the a uh, page boy, um, got killed. So, um, you might think, ah, there he's he's a servant. Meh, doesn't matter. Um, 
And, you know, maybe the kid shouldn't have gotten in the fucking way. But the problem was is that he was killed next to the Chateau de Saint-Germain-en-Laye. Um, and that happened to be where the king was was staying. And that is a huge fucking no-no. So Doge was, was removed from the positions that he held. And not long after this incident, his mother passed away. And in accordance to her will, everything was left to the youngest son, whose name is Louis. Um, so... The little shit got everything, and de Cavoye was left with very little money to live off of, and he had a ridiculous amount of debt piling up, which is something that is believed to lead to his involvement in the Affair of Poisons, which I will also be doing an episode on very soon, and actually the Affair of Poisons is one of my, like, favorite French history topics because it's it's just fucking nuts guys it is really nuts um so there is a letter that was written by the Marquis de Louvain to Saint Mars um stating that the prisoner Eustace Doge would be arriving soon and it was because of this letter that a lot of historians were able to go back and look at the records and they found someone by that name who was there in France at that time and that's how they were kind of able to link him to the affair of poisons um so in the thing that's kind of weird is in the case of de Cavoy, it's believed that he was imprisoned at the Saint Lazare which was um I'm, I'm trying to put this, I'm not going to put it nicely. It's where rich people kept their excess children that were just being little bitches. So, yeah. I wrote, it's where, I, I literally wrote in my script, it's where the elite kept their black sheep. Fuck it. They were little pieces of shits that caused too much fucking problems and they got shipped off to live with a bunch of fucking monks. There we go. So, <laughs> guys, I laugh at myself. I, I, I'm that person. So, there are records of a letter being found that de Cavoy sent to his sister um, in June of 1678, detailing the horrible conditions that he had to stay in. And he literally, he later reiterated these concerns in a letter to the king who was just like no bitch we're gonna shut that shit down right now and he was ordered it was ordered that he is not allowed to have any other forms of communication without one of the monks being present i guess to like witness whatever the fuck it is that he's writing um and then it's kind of weird but there is, um, so there is a man by the name of Louis Henri de Le Monnier de Brienne, um, which is, guys, there's so many fucking Louis. Like, I could make this into it. I, at one point while researching this, thought about making this into a drinking game. 
because every time I saw fucking Louie, I was like, oh, okay, time to take a shot. Anyways. Hmm. So he wrote a poem because apparently he is fucking Shakespeare. And in the poem, he states that de Cavoyer died um, in 1680 because he drank too fucking much. Um, you know, cool. <laughs> and for some reason, historians say like, oh, okay, that's proof enough. We're just going to take that, which whatever. You guys studied for it. We'll believe whatever the fuck you believe. But I mean, honestly, if that's the case, then I'm fucking superwoman at this point with the amount that I drink. But yeah, that is our first episode. Yay! I I know that it is pretty bad. It's my full my first full length episode. So I hope you guys still enjoyed it. If you would like to support the podcast, you can follow us on Spotify, and if you really like me, which I hope you do, because I really sorta kinda like you too, um, you can become a Patreon. Yay! Um, you can search up for us on Patreon at The Historia Podcast, and you can also find a link to it in the description along with the links to all of my other social media. Um, if you'd like to send me any emails with topics, or if you want to say hi, or if you want to fucking complain, or I don't know, whatever the fuck you want to do, don't send me dick pics, please. Um, you can send that to the Historia Podcast and the number two at gmail.com. And uh, if you would actually like to read The Prison by Alfred de Vigny or The Man in the, in the Iron Mask by Alexander Dumas... Um, I have I have um, included my affiliate links below. So if you purchase one of the two books from Amazon, I get a small commission at no extra cost to you. Um, but I mean, up to you. I mean, they are great reads, so I do highly suggest them to anyone. And yeah, thanks so much, everyone. All right, stay safe.